0: This morning, I'm kind of waiting for. I kind of saved it on the desktop. It should be right there. Lord willing. And here in this chapter, we begin to take an overview of the feasts of Israel. Once that's up there, did it? Da 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 da. Anyway, yes, uh, we're preaching about tulips this morning, tulips. All right, well, why don't we go ahead and read the first five verses uh, of the chapter, and hopefully we'll get the, ah, it's behind me now. So let's read this together, and then we'll uh, look at things. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, speaking to the children of Israel, and saying to them concerning the feasts of the Lord, "...which ye shall proclaim to be a holy convocation, even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, and holy convocation ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons." In the fourteenth day of the first month, at even, is the Lord's Passover. And in the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye shall eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have an holy convocation, and ye shall do no servile work therein. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord seven days, And in the seventh day, is a holy convocation, ye shall do no servile work therein. So we begin to look at the feasts that God has put in. That is what this whole chapter is about. So we're going to do an overview looking at the all seven feasts. Well, with that in mind, that means uh, we have to understand a few things, a few introductory thoughts. And number one is about the number seven, again, in God's word. So we've talked about this a little bit, but it's important that we look at it again. So let's pray. Mm -hmm. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and what it teaches us. I thank you that you are almighty, you are sovereign, you have a plan. There's nothing that is happening that isn't within the scope of what you designed. And I'm so thankful for that. So Father, please help us as we get some encouragement today because even back here with Moses writing this book, you laid out a calendar board that reminds us of what you're doing in this entire universe. So Father, thank you so much. Help us as we look to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. I, 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 I don't have a clicker that does the slide, but I'm thinking get one of them dog collars. So then I just have to push and it zaps Kim, and then she'll just go to the next slide right so notice god has established a weekly calendar and this is something that is important that we understand god has established in his creation a seven-day week okay and he designed it that way right off the bat he talks about the seventh day is the sabbath it is that holy convocation now you want a definition of convocation it we'll look at it in a couple minutes. It is basically a special day that's set apart. Okay, we know that. All right. But in this chapter, God reminds us that next part of the slide, he has also established a yearly calendar. Okay? And that yearly calendar is based on sevens. Okay? That he on the 14th day, seven days later, the next day, when you go to seven sevens, okay, Then in the seventh month, there are different feasts that take place. So God, again, is functioning in this number seven. He has reminded us that he has set up a calendar for the week that runs for seven, a month that talks about sevens, and next part of the slide. All of us show God's plan for this creation. Okay, we've talked about that many times that uh, the number seven next slide is important to god all right it is something that he has established and this is not unheard of okay as a matter of fact in christian circles it'll talk about number seven being the number of perfection they'll say we don't exactly know that we're not talking about perfect but we're talking about complete fulfilled god has done what he has promised all right that's what we're talking about so Next part of the slide is, this is not unheard of. God uses the number three, often in nature, to reflect Him. Remember, it talks about the heavens here declare the glory of God. Okay, number three, we see this a lot. Past, present, I, don't, I can't even see my own stuff here. Past, present, future, solid, liquid, gas, body, soul, spirit. Okay, that we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, he uses numbers. We also know that God uses the n- number 12, Next part of the slide, to represent Israel. Okay, there are 12 tribes of Israel. There were 12 Jewish apostles. All right, so I'm just reminding us that God uses numbers in specific ways in his Bible. Now, please, just a warning. There are some people who get crazy with this. Okay, and they'll say, oh, see, that's chapter 2, verse 12. So this verse must be written to the Jews. Easy does it, okay? We don't want to go crazy with it, all right? You know, anytime you see, well, and I know people who will say things like, well, that's three plus five, which equals eight, and then if you add six to that, that's four, you know. You can take numerology way too far, all right? But when God makes a few things extremely clear in his word, okay, when he uses a number to evidence something, We can take it seriously, okay? So before we go any further, God says right here in this chapter that there are six days in the week, and on the seventh day, you're going to do something special, okay? On the seventh day, I'm setting that day apart. Remember that word, holy, sanctified, set apart. You take the seventh day, and you make it special, okay? Again, I, I know some of this is... We've talked about it before, but to understand the depth of this chapter, we have to get this. Because these feasts that we're about to look at, each one of them represent a specific action that God had taken throughout history to work out his plan in this universe. All right, if we don't understand that this number seven is just not about a Saturday. Okay, that this number seven is a picture that God is working an entire designed plan for the entire creation. All right, so first off, the number seven, uh, that Saturday, okay, please, uh, I know I've gone over this before, but I want to make it clear there are some Christian groups who will tell you that Sunday is now the Sabbath. Okay, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Okay, The Sabbath is Saturday. It has always been Saturday. It has not changed. Okay, uh, Anybody who wants to tell that, I, gar- I beg you to find me a verse. There is none. Okay, The Sabbath, and if you do that, you just mesh up every picture that God lays out about the 7th. Okay? The 7th is Saturday. The first day of the week, which we'll look at in a few minutes, is Sunday again. Okay? That is why we do the worship on Sunday, okay? You talk to, a, I have friends who are Seventh-day Adventists, and they want to get together in church on Saturday and worship on Saturday. I say, that's fine, you can, we're supposed to worship every day, okay? I don't have a problem with that, but you can't tell me that the Bible tells us we need to get together on a Saturday and worship, because it doesn't say that. It says you remember the Sabbath day and keep it set apart. Okay, you make sure you remember how special this day is. Okay, and there's no work to be done. Now, next slide. Okay, couple of phrases I want you to remember. Now, in God's Word, and Dan was talking about this this morning. Sometimes doing a little digging into the Word of God and and looking at some of the, the original words helps. Okay, so the word Sabbath, okay, is derived from several words and helps us understand. Okay, first and foremost is the Sabbath. It is an intermission. It means God took a break. And that's what we're talking about. Remember on the seventh day God rested? Okay, he took a break. That didn't mean he went completely off the charts, went on vacation. He just took a break for a little while. Okay, this part here, Shabbat means to rest. I need a clicker right here, to rest, right? We know the verse. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. Right, next slide. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had made. God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it in that he rested from the work that he had made. Now, go back one slide. You see this phrase I put here? You ever hear this phrase, I rest my case you ever hear that phrase? What does that mean? You're done. You've completed the entire case. It is done. It's finished. Everything you wanted to say, everything you were looking to accomplish, has been accomplished. Okay. When we say God rested on the second day, you can go back to that Bible verse slide, babe. Um, I like to be able to say "babe" in the middle of a sermon. It just works out. Okay. Um, at least it's not Glenn back there doing the directing. Okay. When it said God rested, it doesn't mean God went off and took a nap. Right? Okay, we, 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 sometimes we put this into a human mentality and say on the sixth day, God was done and he was so exhausted that he, he needed a break on Saturday. That is not what God was doing. God rested because he completed what he was planning on doing. He looked at the whole thing and said it's good. Just like we would say, I rest my case, I am finished with what I need to finish. It is done. Now, I'm saying all this because we need to understand what God is doing. He creates the universe, but at some point, he's going to finish with everything that he planned doing. Okay? That is what this seven has to do. So when God tells us to remember the Sabbath day and set it apart, it's not because I need a hammock, okay i need to go to bed no it's because i need to realize that everything that i have worked for all week i stop on saturday because it's complete and then first day of the week comes around again and i go right at it again you get you with it me so far i want just to understand this also next slide the same form of the word Okay, just a little bit different. You know, just the tense is a little bit different. Means to swear or complete. Okay, so when God says, I'm going to Sabbath something, I'm going to seven something. Now, I've said this before. I wish we still lived in a world where a handshake sold the deal. Right? Where you just say, listen... I promise, and you shake that hand, and that's serious business. Well, when God says I seven something, when he says seven, that means he's making a promise. He's making a vow. Couple of verses here just to give us an understanding. This same word is used in the Hebrew, okay? And I said by myself, this is God speaking, saith the Lord, I have sworn. That is that same form of this word that is seven. Okay, Sabbath, seven, is the same, same form of the word where if God's saying, listen, I'm sevening this, I swear it, I'm promising, okay? The next one down here, Abraham, same thing, Abraham said, I will swear this, I will Shabbat this, okay? Next slide, I will make thee to swear, God says, Psalms, I have made a covenant with, David, with my chosen, I have sworn to David, Verse 35, that same chapter, I have sworn it is the same form of the word we get the seventh day with Sabbath, okay? Actually, it should be seven, right? Seven, not seven. It's my sign language, seven. Okay, on the seventh day, where God's saying, listen, I made you a vow, a promise. I am going to keep my promise. And now, did God ever break a promise? No. So when God says, remember the Sabbath day, and keep it holy he's saying set that day as a special day because it is a day that i made a promise okay it is a day you set aside as a holy convocation okay because it's a special day it's supposed to remind you and i of something we've been doing this throughout the whole book of leviticus um we talk about the fact that leprosy pictures sin we talk about the fact that the different foods, what they picture, the different offerings, what they picture. God hasn't changed. He's written us a picture book. And when he talks about seven, he talks about the picture that it means for all of this creation, okay? So with that in mind, I want to keep going. So he says, next slide. Oh, the Lord hath sworn, same form of the word. I am making you a promise. I am sevening this. It's a promise, seven, okay? God makes a promise, he makes a vow, he sevens it. Okay, so when he says, listen, this is a Sabbath, this is a holy convocation, this is a very special day. Now, go on to the next slide. Then he also, one other form of that word, means to satisfy or to fill. Again, when God, on the seventh day, he rested, is because he had completed everything. He was satisfied. Every work that he had to do was done. Okay, that is why, and again, if you want a picture of the human side of the Sabbath, we were supposed to work, not work, do anything, because everything was done already. Now, that's just the opposite of what we do, isn't it? Okay, we go to work Monday through Friday, and then we've got to cram all the stuff we didn't get done during the week at home on Saturday. Okay, we're so crazy, we've got to finish all the things we didn't get, because by golly, Monday's coming, and I've got to get back to work. Okay, so we don't handle this at all like it should be handled it was one of those things on friday at sunset i'm satisfied with the stuff that's been done this week i need to step back and rest i need to take a break this is a special day why because god promised that once he finished his whole system it's a time of rest it's all done Everything's completed. Everything's fulfilled. I'm satisfied. Okay. Now I tell you right now. I look at my house, and there are days I don't. I'm not satisfied. How about you? Because I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to, you know. There. But God is trying to remind us that we need to realize that in God's plan, He finishes he completes he makes a promise and it's going to happen just like god wants it to happen that's why the days of creation are an amazing thing think about this could god created everything in one day he could have spoke everything the planets the animals the pla- the, the whole you know mankind he could have said all in one day god didn't do that did he why because god was weak and he had to do it in different days He was limited in his power. No, God was showing us that he had a plan and on the sixth day he finished his thing and was satisfied he could rest. Not go take a nap because he was so tired, but he had completed everything that he had planned to do. You with me so far? So every time you and I think of the Sabbath, it needs to remind us that God has a plan and he's doing exactly what he planned to do. That's the picture. Now, we'll see this a little bit more, and I saw a confirmation of this on a television, the other uh, I mean, on my computer the other day as I was doing research, um, that God has a plan for this world that's 7,000 years long. Okay, there's creation, there's going to be 6,000 years, then a 7,000 year, that millennium, and then when he's done with that, everything's finished and he takes care of it. But I, on my computer, I was looking up something about Israel and looking about these feast days and things, and they said they were established for about 3,000 years. And now we're about 2,000 more thousand years past that in 2022, right? So we're getting close here on that 6,000th year coming to an end. God's working a plan. That's the whole point. You with me? Okay, so have to set that because we will not understand how these feasts fit into this picture, if we don't understand these, how God has set apart special days. So when God says, all right, have a feast, this isn't the Baptist's war cry. All right, buddy, God said, have a feast, let's go. Potluck next week. Okay, God wasn't setting aside a special day where you and I would fill our bellies with food. Okay, God purposely was making days as markers on his calendars to remind us of his plan you with me so far these sevens are a picture that god has a big plan so he puts together feasts to remind us of these plans we're going to cover just one today okay we're going to go short i didn't want to overload our brains all right next slide oh it is not about saturday remember something adam moses abraham isaac jacob jonah noah none of these guys i shouldn't say jonah but none of those guys before moses not one of them celebrated the sabbath see sometimes we get this in our mind that god made that he rested on the seventh day so from that point forward everybody recognized the sabbath day as this holy convocation as this special set apart day We don't get this information about this day until Moses writes these books. Okay, because there's a lot of folks in Christianity who will tell you, well, Sabbath is important to the Christian. No, Sabbath is important to the Jew. And anyone before the law never understood this idea of the Sabbath. None of these guys kept it. Okay, so it's a picture It is not something that you and I are locked into. And again, we have uh, blue laws here in our country that have been made years ago about you're supposed to not work on Sunday and all that, and you need to take a day off. Please do. But to try to apply that to this, Jewish people in their following of the law of Moses remembered the Sabbath. Okay, But this is not something that was established where Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, these guys... It wasn't taught the way it is here. All right, next slide. Okay, keep in mind, we talked about this before, we'll see it, the first day and the seventh day are tied together. You cannot separate them. All right, keep going. Here we go, the Feast of Passover. Um, You can go ahead and fill some of this stuff in here. Okay, the feast of passover was on the 14th day of the first month can somebody tell me what the 14th day of the first month is it's a trick question is it a monday a tuesday a wednesday a thursday could be any day isn't it okay so this is the point it doesn't these holy convocations this seventh doesn't necessarily apply to a day that's numbered seven Okay, On the 14th day, a 14th day could be a Wednesday, right? I don't even know what the 14th day of January was for us, but just to give you some heads up, just so we understand, the Jewish calendar is completely different than our calendar. It's a lunar calendar. Um, it, their first day of the month, I mean, their first month ha- happens right about now, okay, between March and April, okay, is when Nisan, their first month, so... Sometime right around now would be exactly when this happens, Passover. Okay, as a matter of fact, Passover this year is on Friday, April 15th, at uh, sunset. And remember, please, according to a Jewish calendar, their day begins at sunset. That is why God always, in the, in the Old Testament, says, and the evening and the morning were the first day, and the evening and the morning, because it starts at sunset and to the next sunset. We go, our day starts at, Charlie, when's your day start? 3 a.m.? Some of us, uh, our day might start at 8 or 9 a.m. Some of us, our day starts a lot earlier. But in the Jewish calendar, it starts at sunset. So just some information for you. We don't know what day this falls on. It happens to fall on a Friday. Then you have seven days for Passover, and then uh, one day for Passover, and then seven days for unleavened bread. So this Passover celebration, this is when it happens. Okay, next slide. Remember what the Passover was. And again, I don't think I need to spend a lot of time describing this. If you want a little bit more fun way to remind yourself of what it was about, go rent the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Okay, go watch it. It'll give you a great reminder the children of Israel were bonded they were in bondage, and God sent a deliverer to release them from their their bondage, okay, And to do so, they had to sacrifice a lamb, okay, and they would take the blood of that lamb and they would strike it upon the doorpost and the lentil in their home, okay. To have the deliverance from the death angel that was coming, okay, death was guaranteed for anyone who did not apply the blood. When that blood was applied, then that angel of death would pass over you. Okay, and that's why we get the name Passover. When the blood was applied, okay, you, that death would not come to you. All right, and go ahead and watch it. You know, there's all kinds of things. They put the blood on somebody else's doorpost that didn't want it there. And, you know, but it was all based upon when God saw the blood of the sacrifice, death passed over you. Okay, that is what we are talking about. So, what does this mean? Well, thanks, Pastor. It's a great time. You know, God's reminding us about how he delivered the children of Israel. Go to the next slide. We just sang this song, Precious Lamb of Glory. Okay, Jesus Christ is the Lamb. Okay, you want some verses? You can turn in your Bible or I got them written right up here. John. So John the Baptist, so John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now I want this to sink in. There is a feast of Passover. That feast of Passover was a picture of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Okay? That bottom look, he looked upon Jesus and he walked and saying, Behold the Lamb of God. Now I told you from the beginning that these f- seven feasts are going to be pictures of one things that god is doing throughout his history to complete his plan okay the passover he pictured that in the old testament to remind us that jesus is our passover go to the next slide please babe. okay first peter in so much that you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received from the by the traditions of men but with the precious blood of jesus christ as a lamb without blemish or spot. Okay, this feast of Passover is a foreshadowing. It is a picture to Jesus Christ who is going to be our lamb of God who sheds his blood. Next slide. Love this one. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened even for uh, for even Christ our passover now we're talking about these feasts i don't know about you do you anybody here celebrate the feast of weeks okay do you do and i uh, do uh you know the feast of tabernacles or booths we don't because we're gentiles we're the church but paul makes it clear that jesus christ is our passover because it's not about a feast It's about Jesus Christ and shedding of his blood. How important this is to understand it. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Yeah, buddy. Again, we're not talking about literally sitting down at a table and eating. We're talking about understanding, knowing that God has given us Jesus as our lamb. He is the sacrifice. He is the one whose blood is important. Okay, next slide. When you apply the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God in your life, death passes over you. Okay, this is the important part. So as we are looking at this chapter in Leviticus, he sets up these feasts just like he set up the don't eat shellfish and don't eat pork. Okay, those weren't Eternal instructions for his people down through the years. Those were pictures for us to understand the spiritual truth. The spiritual truth of this first feast, the Passover, is that blood that was applied so that death passed over them back in Egypt is the same blood that needs to be applied, the Lamb of God, to our lives, so death passes over us. You want eternal life, you have to apply the blood. There's no way around it. Look at Romans. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. You want that death to pass over you? You've got to apply the blood. You with me so far? I need you to understand this because if we don't get this established, the next six feasts are going to be tough to understand. Look at the next slide. Hebrews. Neither by the blood of bull and goats, or blood of goats and calves, I'll read that again, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge our conscience from dead works to serve a living God. This Passover that is established in Leviticus, this feast is just to remind us that God is going to provide the Lamb, who is Jesus Christ, and His blood would save us from certain death. You with me so far? We're about done today, but I want you to understand where, where this stuff fits. This is not just talking about, oh, yeah, let's mark on the calendar where the Jews sat down and had meals. Not what this is about at all. This is about a spiritual picture of the future. Next slide. So here we go. We're, this is going to be today and then next week. All right? Today is the Passover. We looked at it. Okay? Jesus' blood was shed to forgive us our sin. You apply the blood and he passes over you. Next week we'll look at the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay? And that pictures the fact that once you and I have been forgiven by the blood of jesus christ we now become in fellowship with god and guys we're about to do that here in a minute we're about to remember and take the body and the blood we're about to share communion the lord's table the lord's supper whatever you want to call it and it's a reminder that we now have fellowship with god and we eat unleavened bread and drink the wine to picture the fact that we now can call him Father. He's our dad. And we have a special relationship with him now. That's what the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of the first fruits, is the picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Paul even says that he is the first fruits among those who are dead. Okay, his resurrection. And then the Pentecost is the forming of the church. So next week we'll look at those. But I want you to see all of these feasts that he gave to the children of israel are all benchmarks they're all special set-apart days in the future that he had a spiritual plan for passover was christ's blood being shed unleavened bread is to remind us we can now have fellowship with our father okay the feast of first fruits jesus died but then rose again and he becomes the first one of the rest of us who can receive that resurrection, to being born again. And then 50 days later, he takes a group of ragtag fellers, gives them the Holy Spirit, and forms the church. Okay and we'll look at that next week. In the future, there are three more feasts. See, all those have already happened. The picture, there are three more feasts, okay? There's the feast of Weeks? Uh, No, that's Pentecost, excuse me. There's a Feast of Tabernacles. There is uh, Rosh Hashanah, right? Um, Come on, Craig. Uh, Day of Atonement. Okay, those things are still coming. Those are those ones where we are guaranteed to spend eternity with God. That Feast of Booths, that Feast... uh, That means God dwelling with us forever. That this world that is we're settled in is not really our home that we have a guaranteed so we'll look at that in the next few weeks after easter okay but today the point i want us to remember is god has done something special with seven seven is an important number to him not just because he wants us to take a nap on saturday okay it's a reminder that god's got a plan and he's working his plan trust him okay number two that this feast of passover was about the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ for our sins. That, yes, death passed over them in Israel because they put the blood on the doorway. But when we put the blood of Jesus Christ on our lives, we don't get the wages of sin, which is death. We get the gift of God, which is eternal life. You with me so far? Okay. I love this because in this world, if you look around what's going on, it's hard sometimes to remember that everything is working out the way god planned it as crazy as things get and you got wars going on and all this lying and bickering and anger toward one another that god's still in control and he's still doing exactly what he promised he would do so every time when you think about remember the sabbath day Please just remember that it is God's promise that he is going to keep his vow. He is going to complete what he started. It is running exactly the way he wants it to. It has from back then, and it's still going to. So we remember the feast of Passover, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper here in a moment, that we do this in remembrance of him, that because of the shed blood, because his body was broken and his blood was shed, We have our sins forgiven. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.